Good morning, this is Danger Dan. Today's show's gonna be a little different than they have been in the past, cause holy shit, I've never been more frustrated trying to put together a podcast. Didn't realize this could, uh... <clears throat> anyhow, right now, I'm really not that frustrated. I am sitting in the middle of a coffee bean plantation at a hostel called Hacienda Valencia, uh, just outside of Manizales, Colombia. And, uh, dude, I've been having a lot of trouble with these podcasts. Um, I smoked a computer. Uh, my recording equipment still works, so I've recorded podcasts. I just can't put them up. I was able to source an iPad in Panama. And, uh, well, I'm just trying to work my way around this iPad. And I'm missing a, an adapter component. And I can't put out a podcast more than 70 minutes long with one of these things. So... I kind of fucked up, but that's all right. It's all right. I'm going to give you a recap as to how I got here. Um, you know, first I flew in. Oh, shit. I don't even know now. And my phone is on the charger. Uh, a week ago, pretty much. Today is Tuesday. I flew in last Monday, I believe. And I flew in a Tuesday. Last Tuesday. So it's been a full week. And I got to Panama. And the first thing I had to do is extend my papers for the bike because it was, you know, you only got a certain amount of time that you can, the temporary registration will, you know, last for. And in Panama, you can get 90 days or 180 days, but you have to extend it every 30 days. So I had to deal with that, which was no problem. Uh, I met a guy, thanks to Rob Rouser, called, uh, oh, what's his name, Alejandro. He's got a company called overland embassy which i was able to sit down and record a podcast with him before i left panama which you will hear when i get back and uh, he helped me out with some of the paperwork showed me exactly where to go and it was a breeze and uh alejandro's also the one responsible who with the plane flight that got my motorcycle from panama to bogota and when i got there last tuesday i had a few days to kill Shit, it's been two weeks. It's been two weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, fuck, it's been two weeks. Yeah, because I had like seven days to kill because my <clears throat> I didn't get to drop my bike off till the next Monday. And uh, anyways, I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll go to a port, look for a pirate, or what I ended up doing was deciding to go to the end of the Pan American Highway, which I am now calling the Dan American Highway. And if you're not signed up for MC Shop Tees, you're going to be real bummed when you see this month's shirt is a fucking badass design Kelvis out of Milwaukee did for me of the Pan America. And it says the Danger Dan American Highway. It's super fucking sick. And, uh, you know, it only the T-shirt only covers Texas to Columbia, which is where I'm at now. And uh, we're going to have to do at least one more. Uh, when I get to the bottom and maybe we'll do more than that but you will not be able to get one of these unless you sign up for mcshoptees.com that's right your t-shirt of the month club the only way to support this show and every local motorcycle shop each month I feature a different shop from around the country sometimes outside the country it's funny when I say around the country while I'm in Colombia but uh dude each month you get a one-off limited print t-shirt that features a different shop and it comes with a postcard that tells you about the shop where they're located and what they specialize in it's a beautiful thing so go to mcshoptees.com so you do not miss another shirt so you do not miss the next danger dan america shirt it's funny we actually spelled some words wrong that i did not catch and uh but the shirts have already been printed and you know, once they've been printed, they will not be printed again. So I hope that you were signed up. So anyhow, I went to the bottom of the Dan American Highway of North and Central America. And the town Yaviza, you know, not exactly what I thought it was going to be. Uh, I could have taken a barge across or walked across a bridge across because there's a river down there at the bottom. That's kind of where it stops. And... Uh, you know, Alejandro said that there were some dirt roads back there, but once I got there, I was ready to get out of there. 
I actually I stopped to the saddle shop. I got a belt for a friend. Uh, I actually got a belt for you, Randall. I got you a, a belt made by a fucking Indian of the Darien. <clears throat> and I got some sandals for my wife and I got me some sandals. Yeah, and they're fucking sweet. I think they're called Harachas. Charachas, Harachas. Uh, but I, you know, I wanted something to take from the jungle and I got that. And I got some trinkets for my kids. <clears throat> and I got out of there. And it's funny, this road down there, I was told by a couple people that who I told I was going there, they were just shocked. Like the guys at the dealership, you know, first off, my bike was at the Harley dealership and I showed up with, you know, some parts, a battery. No, I didn't show up with the battery this time. Mainly I just showed up with the left foot control that I broke. Um, you know, I smashed it going through a river following Rob Rouser and Keith around Panama and uh, it was so worth it. But I took it home. <clears throat> my good friend Justin Kelly from Hang'em High Customs was able to lay some weld on it. And he didn't, I didn't have much to give him to go off of as far as placement. The two pieces of metal had been rubbed together so much and bounced off of each other that there was not any real good markings. So we weren't 100% sure, but dude, he fucking nailed it, uh, which was awesome. Um, and <clears throat> while, while he was working on that, I reached out to my friends over at Grand Teton Harley-Davidson who have been just you know, a ton of help as well. And they were actually last minute able to get me a brand new piece. So I was able to fly back down here with a brand new one and then a new and improved Hang'em High custom version. And I put Justin's on and it fit immediately. So it's pretty awesome. I mean, he's got that thing built up. It's a lot stouter than it was. And, uh, you know, if I do happen to jump off of another fucking waterfall and break it, I got an extra one thanks to Grand Teton. So I can't thank Justin Kelly to hang him high and uh, the fellows over at Grand Teton enough. You know, this trip is not possible without the help of all of y'all. And I mean you, the listeners as well. Make sure you share this podcast if you enjoy this. And, uh, you know, you can, you, can, you can jump in on Patreon as well at DangerDanceTalkShop.com. And, uh, you know, we do monthly giveaways. I get a $100 gift card from Lowbrow Customs to give away each month. Every month I've also given away, or every year I've given away big prizes at the end of each year. And I don't know what it's going to be this year, but last year what did we give away? Oh, I gave away a shovelhead motor thanks to B&B Racing. Uh, <clears throat> I gave away a race bike. I've given away knives made by Nick because that motherfucker is bad to the bone. A couple years ago, I gave away a trip to Nepal thanks to Motorcycle Sherpa. And speaking of that, we will be going back to Nepal at the beginning of November on the Stairway to Heaven run, and there are very few spots left. So if you'd like to go with me and some of my friends to ride motorcycles in Nepal, go to MotorcycleSherpa.com and sign up now. Yeah, so once again, back to the Harley dealership where I, I got my bike put together. Dude... When I when I uh, I pulled the main fuse out when I got there, and I thought that that'd be a good idea to keep the battery from draining down because I've had battery problems. But man, I fucking put that main fuse back in there, and it did not just fire up. It did not just fire up. It took a while. It took me pulling the main fuse out, putting it back in. Like it took me getting nervous and sweating before it actually fired up. Um. I'm not sure exactly what the deal was, but when it finally fired up, I was stoked. I mean, each time I put the fuse in there, the computer would pop on and show me that it read that the fuse got put in there. It's hooked up to power now, but then it would just not turn on or start or anything. So I don't know if I need to put the fuse in and then just wait a while, but... I don't know. I'm just. I'll have to, maybe I'll talk to my my good friends over at Grand Teton Harley Davidson because actually I know that's exactly what I'm gonna have to do because they do know the answers and they will share them with me. So yeah, I got the bike out of the dealership and those guys were super nice. Uh, I mean, really. I, I mean, I've I set up shop right in the middle of their showroom. It was uh, kind of funny, but they were they were stoked, dude. It's funny they got like a little bar in there. They ended up inviting people over, and they're fucking all stoked about the bike. I took pictures of them on it. It was really cool. It was really cool. Um, <clears throat> from there, I went to 
Where'd I go? Oh yeah, I went to Alejandro, did the fucking vehicle import permit, went to the bottom of the Dan American Highway, and then Alejandro also gave me some places to go to because, you know, this is what he does. People show up there at the end of the road and they need his help to get across, or they're coming from Colombia and he's helping them get to Panama. And he and he's also has an overland vehicle himself. He's got a sick ass Land Cruiser. So he so he was like, man, I've seen the kind of adventures you liked. I got a place for you. And he sent me to this place called Kaluyala. And it was it was crazy. It was a really close to the city, right? And uh, so I go there. And it's a sweet road through the countryside, like two-lane blacktop, just lots of twisties. And uh, wait a second. Before we get there, I didn't tell you about the road, right? To, the, to Yavisa, on the way down there, I was told it was fucked up, right? Well, they were they were right. Um, but it took me a minute to realize that because as I'm going down the road, it's kind of fucked up. There's like there's like holes that have been blacktop patched and it's kind of rough. And the guy that told me, he rides a Harley. So I'm like, yeah, this is bad, but it's not that bad. Well, about an hour from Panama City, it got fucked up dude giant potholes from gravel to fucking blacktop and like i mean i'm talking about potholes that if you were to fucking hit them you know something's broken i mean serious shit saw the buses and trucks and shit they're all swerving and going real slow and and i was able to stand up and see far enough ahead that i could i could keep the speed up so i did pretty good but then like the last 90 miles of this road it's like pristine perfect blacktop it was fucking wild. I don't, I don't know how that all how happens. But after I went there, I went to this place called Kaluyala. And from what I could tell, you know, I don't have much information on it, but it looked like a dude from America moved down there and, like, built a place targeting middle-aged white women who like yoga and all things sustainable. You know, you could have him build you a self-sustainable house on the property. He's got yoga class. He's got a little bar, restaurant type place and all these little hip things. And there's flyers on the wall of like going on a fucking hike with a biologist or a wildlife expert and Reiki and all this bullshit. And I mean, not bullshit, I guess, but then COVID happened and, you know, he's just barely making it so he's got some fucking stoners running the place now and it was fucking cool as shit i'm telling you what i think after i stayed there for one night they fucking made me like fresh squeezed fruit drinks and rum for like 12 hours and gave me a place to sleep and fed me dinner and breakfast and charged me 45 dollars i was like you gotta be shitting me now i would have stayed there for more than one night because I had time, but that road to get there, Alejandro, fucking, he nailed it, dude. That road was gnarly. Because once you leave the blacktop, like you get to the base camp, is what they call it, at the blacktop, and then you can hop in a four-wheel drive vehicle and ride to the actual place with them. But of course not, I'm not gonna do that. And I take this road, dude, and it is steep as fuck and downhill. And then at the bottom, there's a giant river crossing. You know, and it's rainy season, so I just knew that if I hung out there long enough for it to rain really good, it was going to be almost impossible to get back up that hill. And, uh, I mean, I even without it raining, I was kind of intimidated by going up that hill because there was, like, giant, like, <clears throat> gullies that had been washed out through it. And it was not, dude, it was not a pretty road. I mean... The hill climb in Tennessee was way easier than the fucking hill climb I had to do to get out of this Kalu Yala. But the people I met, they were great. I met a girl there that had been sent there by uh, Alejandro at Overland Embassy as well. And uh, the people that worked there were great. It was just a great experience. I'm glad that I did that. And it's just an hour from the city. If you ever find yourself in Panama City and you'd like to get out of the city and go into the jungle fairly easy, that is a spot, Kaluyala. It's funny because Rob Rouser, he sent, I sent him a picture or something about where I was at, a voice memo, and, and he was like, oh dude, I've seen the Vice documentary. So apparently there is a Vice documentary about this Kaluyala spot. So if you're interested, you can go check that out. 
And uh, so anyways, I got out of there and I went back to the city. Uh, this guy named Diego had been hitting me up from DZ Shop, DZ Cycles out of Panama City. He works on and customizes Harley Davidson and he's a fucking painter. He's a hell of a painter. The Harley Davidson dealership actually uses him to paint their bikes when they need help or when they need paint. And uh, so I went and saw his spot, dude. He's got a great little shop, dude. I mean, a really great spot, beautiful family. And uh, we did a podcast. He showed me around, took me out to lunch. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it was, it was just a great afternoon. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. And then, um, oh, yeah, I tried to find, like, a cheap little hotel. And, boy, I found a cheap little hotel. But, holy shit, it was in the wrong part of town, dude. He took me on a ride, too. He's, like, trying to break. He took me to, like, the base camp, like our old military bases down there. It's like a ghost town from the fucking 20s and 30s. Maybe his 40s. And then like <clears throat> underground bunkers and shit. It was really cool. Went over this giant bridge. He took me around. He showed me some really rad shit. Diego, I really do appreciate that. And then I tried to like go to this hotel and it was fucked up. The parking was fucked. I was like going the wrong way down a one-way road. Cops were trying to like wave me over. Luckily they're on foot and we had fast bikes. Um, got out of there. But I finally found something. Oh, I went to, you know, this guy. That's what happened. Uh, one of the guys, <clears throat> a friend of somebody at the dealership has a hotel called Terra Nova. And it's right around the corner from the hotel. Dude, and this dude's hotel, he's got like this parking garage. Like fucking, you know, a hotel should have. Most of them don't down here. But he had a fucking parking garage. And I pull up in the parking garage. And there's like a door that I kind of parked by. Like, I don't know. It looks like a maintenance shed or something. But, dude, he opens it up. And it's like the fucking cleanest, nicest motorcycle shop you've ever seen. It's like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? He had like a couple of like vintage Vespa scooters. He had two Harley Davidsons. <clears throat> he has a, a sick-ass BMW GS1250. And then he has the nicest tool collection. Dude, you could have eaten off the shop. I'm like... Man, this shop, it looks like one of those shops where nothing ever gets done. Well, come to find out, that's exactly right. He told me, he's like, I don't even work on bikes. I am not a mechanic. I just love tools. So he starts opening up these fucking nice snap-on toolboxes and showing me all the tools, like, perfectly glistening with chrome, dude. Never been used before. Uh, but he was like, you know, you if you need any of this, you're more than welcome to. Uh, which I thought was super fucking rad. And I used that, and I stayed there the first night. And I used that place to like reorganize all my shit. I actually left uh, the the uh, the fuel pump that Sean Jackson from uh, Competition Distributing sent me because Grand Teton sent me a brand new one, and I didn't want to carry around two fuel pumps, especially when I hadn't even, you know, needed one of them. I was like, fuck, I can take the used one, or I can take a brand new one. So. I don't know, I thought it was a bold move by taking the new one because at least I knew the used one worked, right? And it didn't get used that much, but I went ahead and took the brand new one, so. But anyways, after like getting out of this fucking sweet ass downtown spot where I found, where I thought I found a cheap hotel. I mean, I did, it just didn't have any parking. And that's crucial when you're staying in the city with a bike like I've got. I ended up going back to Terra Nova, staying the night there. And uh, I think, uh, did I record a pod? I think I recorded a podcast there, or tried to. For some reason I was having, oh, that's, that's what it was. I had gotten the iPad and I was trying to figure out how to upload the, the Diego DZ Cycles podcast with the iPad and not having any fucking luck. It was driving me absolutely mad, dude. Uh, at least that's when this started the first fucking week and then um so after that uh you guys all know our good friend cliffornia from california right well he had told me he had a friend down there in panama city which kind of made me nervous to reach out to this dude if you know if he's partying with those boys you know can i even can i even hang you know but i sure enough i did and this dude mortos vivos uh i'm so glad i reached out to him what a rad dude uh, he put me up at his house that was filled with motorcycles. Like, literally, his fucking house was filled with motorcycles. Uh, he introduced me to his friends, and we hung out. 
We went to a rooftop treehouse bar type place of another friend of his. And we all of us were musicians. So we were like playing like music and YouTube videos of all of us doing our thing. Oh, it was so great. And then we then we bought steaks and he got me a fucking cake and had my name put on it. I was just like, no way. I mean he fucking it was so sick. And he was excited, you know, he had been working hard for a while, not taking any time off. And he needed that. But he didn't have a grill, so we just like put charcoal on the ground and stacked up some cinder blocks and like used a piece of fencing. And dude, the steaks were out of this world, man. Uh, it was so good that he actually, since then, has bought a grill. He's like, oh yeah, this is this is how you do it, man. So that's awesome. I'm glad I could influence some fucking some real some real steak etiquette down there. And I can't thank those guys enough, man. That was. That was just the twist off I needed. And that was actually after I dropped my bike off. So it was like, I dropped, I didn't have a, or no, no, I had my bike then. I had my bike then. The next day, <clears throat> after that, I dropped my bike off. But instead of going back to hang out with them, we went really hard in the pain. I was like, dude, I'm gonna hang out here by the airport. I dropped my bike off with Alejandro at the airport. At the, it was at a, you know, in a little fucking warehouse at the airport. Uh, we had to do all the paperwork to export the bike. Uh, they weighed it, you know, they fucking like kind of put some saran wrap around my bags and you know, there really wasn't much to it. And you know, it took a little while, but not a, not a whole lot of time. And then uh, I got a hotel right there and me and Alejandro recorded a podcast and I got to hear about how his company started. I got to hear about his trip from uh, Panama to Alaska during fucking COVID it ended up lasting like 18 months longer than he planned because of that. Uh, but, and I got to hear about all the other things that he offers and is capable of. And you're really going to enjoy that podcast because fuck, he didn't tell me, but he does have a guy that will fucking take you through the Darien gap. Yeah. That's what I said. He, he, he could have orchestrated a trip straight through the gap with the motorcycle. It was possible. Uh, you'll also hear from people smarter than me uh, from po other podcasts I've recorded that that's like the fucking most dangerous jungle on the planet. You know, not to mention the, the drug runners and the human traffickers, but like just the fucking jungle itself is like densely populated with things that can kill you. But Alejandro has a guy, so... Got to record the podcast with him, and then the next morning, I flew to Colombia, Bogota, Colombia, and I was so fucking excited, nervous, amped, you know, a little bit of everything, and uh, I finally got to Bogota, and it was like one or two in the afternoon, and it was crazy showing up, and like, now, Alejandro did suggest a Salinas hostel to stay in. He said that they're great. He gave me a number for like a taxi driver that could give me rides around the city. Uh, but I didn't use any of that at first. You know, I just show up and I'm like, fuck, I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing. Uh, but I ended up just like fucking walking. You know, my first thing I want to do is get outside and smoke a cigarette, right? After I waited in the fucking, you know, the migration line for like two hours or some crazy shit. There were so many fucking people in there. Uh, when I got out of there, all I could think about was smoking a cigarette. So while I was outside smoking, this little short guy in a fucking suit walks up to me and asks me if I need a ride. And I'm like, actually, I do, you know. Pause this. <clears throat> okay, I'm back. Uh... Yeah, so dude in the suit picks me up at the airport or, or, you know, I talk to him. He walks me out to the fucking car. I think it's a limo. Sorry, I'm like picking up. A lot happened since I cut off. Um, yeah, I thought he was taking me to a limo when I realized how nice he was dressed. But we ended up getting in a fucking car that was like, I mean, I should, I could have been sitting in the back seat and my feet would have, my knees would have been at the, at the, you know, it was a small car. And he keeps asking me where I'm going, and I'm like, fuck, I don't, I need a, so I looked up the Salinas, the, the one that Alejandro told me about. There's three in the city. I happened to pick one in the Candelaria, 
Candelaria district. And uh, he takes me over there. And, dude, this fucking hostel was so killer, dude. It was like, you walk in, there's like a little coffee shop. You go to the reception, there's a bar and a little restaurant. And then there's like fucking pool table, like little community spaces. And it was like on multiple different levels in this wicked building. And in the area, just the tour from the airport to this hostel, fuck, there was so much graffiti everywhere. It was fucking beautiful. This one giant picture on this wall of this ladies making out. I mean, it was pretty wild. It was also interesting. Uh, Sean Dronia, this kid I met on a bicycle the next day, he, uh, he ended up posting something about how there wasn't much graffiti in the town until Justin Bieber came through and like did some kind of graffiti tag and the police like, you know, banded behind him to like let him do it without the mob of people attacking him. While at the same time, those same police had like killed some kid recently for fucking graffiti. Anyways, once the fucking people saw the police like back him spray painting, dude, they just poured the whole city with fucking graffiti everywhere. And then, you know, the city got behind it and was like, all right, now, you know, it's okay. Or I don't know exactly what was going on, but it was beautiful. And uh, so the hostel was fucking crazy. Uh, you know, what's beautiful about the hostels I learned at the one in Panama is there's like people there that fucking speak English. And there's people from all over the fucking world. It is insane. Oh my gosh, this bird that just flew up is fucking beautiful. I don't know what it is. It looks like... It's like the colors of a peacock, but, um, so yeah, the hostel <clears throat> was great. I, uh, I put my gear up and I took a walk and, uh, man, I found this, these fucking just street vendors all set up. Uh, I bought a bag. I bought some crystals for my wife, dude. She's going to love what I got her there. And I wasn't sure about the money deal. I kept, you know. Everything was so fucking cheap. I thought I was doing the conversions wrong. Like, I, the fucking hostel was like $10 or something. I, I mean, it was, it was maybe I think it was 12 bucks for a night. And, uh, you know, it, the money goes a long way here in Columbia. And I, and I, and I keep just being shocked at how well it goes. So, you know, ended up staying up late with the guys. Uh, one guy was from, Budapest, Hungary. I never met somebody from Budapest. And then another guy from like Australia or New Zealand. And a couple of girls from uh, the Netherlands. And, uh, and we stayed up late drinking. The guy from Budapest, he'd been going to school in Medellin for the past six months. And then uh, I guess he was going to catch a flight and he got fucking robbed at knife point. You know, and he had his fucking fanny pack around his chest and they fucking said, give it to him. And Sure enough, he gave it to him uh, so he wouldn't get stabbed. And they had all of his money and his passport. So he had to come to Bogota to get a passport replacement and get his fucking shit situated. So his flight was the next morning at 4 o'clock. Dude, he wanted to stay up until the flight. Uh, I think I made it to like 1. And then uh, the next morning, I had the driver that Alejandro recommended. Alejandro? Fuck. He picked me up at 7 and we go straight back to the airport so that I could get my motorcycle. Now, the process of getting my motorcycle was fucking, it was so crazy. You like go here, you do this, you go here, you do that. First, you go to DHL, get some paperwork from them. Show them my receipt that this is the bike I'm after. Then they give me a piece of paper saying it's there. I don't even know what it said. And I had to take that to the customs. So then I'm at the customs office and, dude, this lady was hilarious. I mean, it wasn't long before I was behind the counter doing the fucking computer work myself. Uh, yeah, she thought it was hilarious. And uh, anyways, I got that done. Then you go back to DHL and the bike's there, right? So they, I take the paperwork down to the loading docks. And as I walk in, the guy that I'm with that I handed the paperwork to just like yells something. And then everybody there, all the people with the yellow DHL shirts on start yelling and screaming like not like aggressively but they're like communicating something and they're all repeating it so that everybody hears it and I swear to you 30 or 40 dudes all stopped what they were doing to help me make sure that this motorcycle got 
out of this loading area because there's a big loading dock and it's like a six foot drop and it's like four or five people push the bike over to me you know and they're like they hand it to me i'm like okay fucking sick man i'm like i'm so stoked at this point and uh I, and I, once again, I had pulled the fucking master fuse out. So I go to put the master fuse back in and the screen pops on. I'm like sick. And then I turn the on switch on and nothing happens, dude. I'm like, no way. Just like before. And all these, all these dudes are standing around, like looking at me, like waiting to hear this thing fire up because they put this ramp up to the door and they're like kind of curious. It looks kind of sketchy. They don't know if I'm going to ride it down or if I, if they all need to help roll it down or whatever. And I'm like, nah, I got this. But then the fucking bike won't fire up. I'm like, what the fuck? Pull the thing out, put it back in, pull it out, put it back in. I like getting frustrated. I pick up my phone. I send Rouser a voicemail because he was like texting me or something at the moment. And I'm like, I just had to vent to somebody that would understand me. Like, this shit is not working. And then all of a sudden I stuck it in and bam, it fired right up, dude. And that hooting and hollering, they all just started yelling and screaming. Like, we were all so stoked because, you know. It wasn't working at first and then it did and it was just like celebration man it was awesome and i fired it up and rode it out that motherfucker and immediately you know i thought about hanging out in bogota or going to see the harley dealership or or whatever uh but dude once i finally got that bike all i wanted to do was get out of the city so that's what i did i loaded up put my gear on and got the fuck out of there and just took off riding and I didn't even get out of town before it started raining. And that was one thing I thought I could do. Like it was fixing to rain in town or starting to sprinkle. I was like, well, if I just blast out of here, maybe it won't be raining in the direction I'm going. And the first destination I wanted to get to was Guatape. And maybe not even get there, but at least go that direction, uh, see how far I could get. And so I take off, sure enough, it's not long before I have to pull over and put my rain gear on. And in the whole, morning you know it took so long that i was just kind of like you know i wasn't in a great mood you know i just kind of was like i mean i was stoked to have my bike uh i don't know i, I just I'm in the rain like i couldn't really see anything and i don't know i, I was like fuck it instead of like i didn't want to like ride through the countryside and not be able to see anything because the clouds and the fucking rain so i was like well I'm gonna pull over someplace dry, get some food and like look at my phone and, and map out like a, find a close hotel or hostel to stay at so that maybe tomorrow morning I can leave and, you know, I didn't wanna ride through this country and not see it, right? So I stop at this little restaurant and uh, I go inside just soaking wet and, you know, I'm just like, I just ordered, I pointed at somebody else. Like, I want everything they've got. They had like some pork chop looking thing, dude. It comes out. First off, I gave me this bowl of soup that was so warm and so fucking good. And then after that, this plate with this fucking pork chop, dude, that tasted like a big, thick piece of like fucking rice bacon. It was insane. Sitting on a bed of hominy with a little salad. Oh my God. It was so fucking good. It was so fucking good. Uh... Which reminds me, I didn't tell you about the fucking, the steak that I had at this like Italian type place in, in uh, Bogota. It was like, I was there by myself. The building was old as shit. This cute little veterinarian lady was the waitress. And I mean, it was so good. She was so sweet. And uh, yeah, I hope she listens to this. And I wish I had the name of the place. Of course I don't. It's like right around the corner from the Salinas in Bogota. But uh yeah, so I have this pork chop, this great lunch, and I'm like, I re, you know, I had this like really twisty road I wanted to go down, but I'll, there was no hotels that direction, so I was like, all right, well, fuck it, I'll go this other way because there's a hotel, you know, about 30 minutes away, and at this point it was like two o'clock or three o'clock, and you know, I could set up shop and get get all my shit organized because I didn't like reevaluate all my shit since I had gotten it from the airport you know I didn't really have much to organize but it, you know I kind of just wanted to go through my shit and make sure it was all there and everything was as it appeared um so I'm outside smoking a cigarette next to my bike and all of a sudden I hear this fucking American voice go oh Texas plates and it was he was on a bicycle and I'm like what the fuck and he just keeps on going so I yell at him like hey dude where the fuck are you going end up talking to this guy for a minute. He's like, oh, well, I'm going down this road. I'm headed to possibly Cambau or Honda tonight. And I was like, 
well, fuck, that's the direction I was going to go, but and I'm like, well, fuck it, dude. You know, I'll just, you you want to go to Honda? Uh, I'll meet you, or Cambau? I'll meet you in Cambau, and I'll just get there early, and I'll have a place picked out for us to stay, and then, uh, you know, we can hang out. And, uh, well, I get to Cambau, or I, even on the way there, uh, dude, the, the fucking rain separated the fucking roads were beautiful i was just like no way anyways he's on a fucking pedal bicycle with all his shit and there was this downhill descent to this town called cambau or not cambau uh downhill descent yeah no it was before cambau it's like some other little town but the downhill descent was so fucking sick and so long all i could think about was like that dude on the bicycle is gonna fucking love this and he had it like the way he was talking like he knew the that we were fucking fixing to exit a valley down to the the magdalena river you know he had he had it pretty planned out so i go down this thing and it's it's just fucking breathtaking really like just downhill for miles and miles and i'm just passing people like cars and bikes in the turns and the straightaways buses like inside the sh on the shoulder on the outside of the lane like just fucking rolling but really the whole time all i could think about how much fun it would have been on a bicycle too you know like fucking wild so anyways i get to that that first little village after that first descent and uh and i and uh oh no before you get to that village you have to do a fucking climb so it goes down and then you have to climb back up a little ways, like a few thousand foot. But I got to this little beautiful little town and I'm like, man, I should probably just wait here on him because that's a serious climb. Like I don't, you know, I don't care how tough you are. At this time of day, you're probably not gonna wanna go on. But I was like, nah, he seemed pretty confident and he wanted to go further than Kimbao originally. So I, I took off and and sure enough, there was another just fucking epic road. I mean, fucking smooth, just like, I mean, it was fucking insane. And I started seeing these like little things on the side of the road that like, I'm like, what are those? They look familiar. And then it came to me. They were fucking Tejon pits, you know, or Tejo. And, and the only reason I know about this is because Anthony Bourdain, when he went to Columbia, he played this game. It was like a game where you throw shit at the, it's like a horseshoes or washers or cornhole, but there's like these clay angled things that they put like explosives in and you throw rocks and I was like, fuck, I gotta play that, dude. I, I mean, I love playing washers. Uh, started seeing those things and dude, I was just really like running into him and changing my route and continuing on or changing my route back to the original route. Like really, it just, it did so much for me that day. Ended up stopping at like one of these fucking little side stands with these two little girls and their kids with coffee and chicken and, you know, with this view that was just fucking insane looking down at the Magdalena River. I mean, it was just absolutely fucking beautiful. And then sure enough, there's just another descent where it's just like, I mean, it was fucking so, so fucking radical. And there's this thing I saw on the map and it said the, the turn of the angels or the angel turn, you know, view, viewpoint. So I get to that spot and it's like, every view I thought I'd seen was amazing and then it just kept getting better to this point. And I'm like, oh, cause then you could like, instead of looking just down at the river, you're like at the edge of the valley but still up high enough where you're like looking down the valley where you could see where the river was going or coming from. And there was this kid on a fucking, on a little bike loaded to the gills and his name was Daniel. And he had on his shirt that had his name and it said XT660. And he's part of this club that like rides nothing but XT660s, which is cool because I got an XT500, you know, a, a 1977. So, <clears throat> Neither one of us could speak each other's language, but we talked motorcycles for a minute. And, uh, you know, it was rad. It was rad meeting him. He busted out some weed on the side of the road. I'm like, dude, I'm fucking, I don't even, I'm so high right now. I do not need any weed. And uh, anyways, I made it down to Kambau and Kambau found a little fucking spot. 
uh, with parking out in the back, you know, and the, the fucking hotel was like, I don't know, eight bucks or something, $12. I think it was, maybe it was 40 something, 40,000 pesos, which kept fucking me up. I didn't realize how little money I was spending until like, well, we'll get to that. <clears throat> Anyways, it didn't matter. It was a fucking nice spot. They had food. I had a hamburger and uh, an artisanal hamburger, which from what I understand or what I've experienced, artisanal means they just like crush up potato chips on whatever they're calling artisanal, uh, which I'm sure it means more than that. But my experience so far, I got an artesian hot dog somewhere and they just crushed up chips on it. But they like pero, pero, pero calientes here and hamburguesas uh, a lot. Anyways, I get that spot. I hit up, uh, I hit up, oh, fucking Sean, the kid on the bicycle. I'm like, where are you at? He's like, oh, I fucking stopped at this other town, dude. That last hill killed me. And I was like, man, I, I fucking knew it. But oh, well, I'm here. And then I started thinking like, fuck, I got to do a podcast with this guy. Like, dude, he's on a fucking bicycle pedaling through Colombia. He speaks English. He's from America. Uh, I got to learn more about this dude. So he was like, all right, I'm going to go to Honda, which was like the next city up, just like pretty much straight down the Magdalena Valley uh, in Honda. And I was like, well, fuck, you know, that's not, not very far for me to go. But so Columbia is kind of separated by these two valleys, not separated, but it's got two valleys separated by a mountain range in between them. You got the Medellin Valley and the Bogota Valley. The Bogota Valley, like the Bogota is up in the mountains. I descended down into the valley of the Magdalena and then Cambau was on the river, and then just up river is the town called Honda. And that's kind of where we were gonna, that's where we were gonna meet. Well, I didn't want to just go right down the river, so I found this fucking road that like was just zigzagging, it went way off, like up the mountain range towards the Medellin Valley, but it never like, and then it came back to Honda. Well, I didn't realize it, but that goes straight towards where I'm at now, which is Montezales, which is like the coffee fucking capital. But this road, holy shit, dude. It, it fucking said it would be faster to go like way, way, way around the other way and then come back and bam, get to the place at the other end of this road, you know, which was like four hours. Or you go down the road that's like short on the map and it says four hours. I'll post a picture of this fucking map. I did it in my stores already, but I'll do it in the, uh, the post as well. But I thought it just was gonna be like turns and whatnot, but no, dude, this fucking road was like two track fucking dirt. And it was like on the sides of this, like the, you know, in this valley, but on the sides, just going around these fingers and there was just nothing but fucking small farms and coffee plants and banana plants and fuck, I don't even know what else, dude. There was no stores, there was no hotels, there was no restaurants. It was literally like through their village. They weren't even villages, it was just like houses, farmhouses on the sides. I mean, it was everything I would have hoped for in a fucking epic adventure ride through Columbia. And the road was gnarly as fuck, dude. And there was muddy as shit, like there was I mean, that slick, like, rainforest fucking mud you've heard about or I've heard about. I got to go through that. I fucking went through, like, I don't know, probably two dozen waterfalls that day right off the side of the road. I mean, the whole time I'm like, uh, I mean, it was just fucking insane. Like, <clears throat> you know, going up, come like, the sense, descents, ascents, I mean, everything. River crossings, uh, bridges. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I finally just stopped at a house. I wanted something to drink, you know? So I just stopped at somebody's house who had a patio out front. There was this old man and he didn't speak a leak of any, he didn't speak a leak, lick of English, barely understood my Spanish, but I ended up getting a beer out of him. He didn't have any cold water. His, I guess his wife and his daughter, you know, two ladies were making chorizo, like, chorizo that you know in the fucking sausage links they just had this bucket of meat dude and they're just squeezing it in these fucking these like i don't know organ tissue or <clears throat> whatever they used to make that shit and it was crazy to me because <clears throat> this place it was like you know it was on the side of this cliff but there was no like the chilling area was not looking out at the valley beneath you it was like how would you not 
have your chill spot overlooking the view of this beautiful fucking valley. I, I mean, I don't know. They're just, and everybody was smiling. You know, there was like, I got to this one like traffic hold up because there was some big trucks going through there, like hauling shit. Not like buses with people, but buses that were like, I'll post a picture, like these old Chevy trucks that look like buses with doors going all the way down the side. Everybody was smiling and happy. Uh, even when the traffic would get backed up, there'd be every place where the road was really fucked up, <clears throat> there was people there like working on it, whether it's just like shoveling dirt in the way or like cutting trenches so the water could drain out. Tons of little bitty motorcycles. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I was so glad that I ended up going down this fucking road. It was just, it was insanely beautiful. Um, I, uh, you know, ended up meeting him at the other end. It took four hours, just like it said it would. And I met him in Honda and we sat down <clears throat> and we recorded a podcast. We went out and had fucking queso stuff, corn fucking things with chorizo at a street stand vendor. It was, it was, it was amazing. And dude, and I got to hear about his adventure. He fucking wrecked his bike going down one of those hills in the rain. And oh, it, was, it was just fucking beautiful. It was beautiful. So, <clears throat> Then I take off from there and I head to, uh, you know, at that point I'm like, all right, yeah, you're on a bicycle, I'm going a different, you know, I'll see you when I see you, right? And I take off, oh, that's right. Then I get a message from a guy at the Bogota Harley Davidson dealership who uh, Janelle Kaz put me in contact with. And he said, dude, <clears throat> there's an election this weekend and it is fucking fueled, and there's a possibility that there's gonna be some violent outbreaks and on the rural areas, maybe, <clears throat> you know, just find a place and hunker down. Don't, don't move around this weekend, because shit could fucking happen. And uh, my first thought was like, yeah, I mean, of course shit could happen, but I'm like, well, this is also a fucking local who rides and gets it and, you know, anyways, after talking to Sean, the bicyclist, he tells me more about it and it's like sounds so similar to the presidential election that we just had. And I was like, dude, as fucking crazy as it was back home, how, I mean, it could be real fucking crazy here in Colombia. So I decided, all right, well, if I get to Guadalupe and I find like a, a good spot to chill, then I'll just stay there, you know? And uh, sure enough, the ride to Guatapé was fucking beautiful. I mean, I rode up the Magdalena for a while and then cut off towards Medellin, which I had to climb up this mountain pass, you know, or mountain range to get to. <clears throat> Gotten a lot of rain that day. Uh, you know, it was, it was pretty gnarly. And then finally I got to Guatapé. And dude, this fucking place, actually Maggie Hicks told me about this spot in Tennessee. She used to live down here in Columbia. And it was everything I saw pictures of and heard about it. I mean, it was just like fucking this giant lake with like pods of lakes and fingers of lakes everywhere with this fucking hills everywhere and farms everywhere. And there's this fucking giant rock that got spit up out of the ground because it's also where two tectonic plates meet and they push this thing up and there's this crazy staircase that goes to the top and overlooks, you know, you get to go to the top of this rock and look down below and it's just fucking insane. Uh, <clears throat> so I found a fucking hostel there. You know, I got to the center of town. I found an ATM. I got out some money. I think they gave me 400,000 uh, pesos for 125 bucks or something. And uh, and I look up hostels. You know, hostels are tough to stay in because most of the time they don't have parking. But I found this one that was kind of away from town. And it said, recording studio and mini ramp. I'm like, no way. So I show up and sure enough, dude, this fucking place is perfect, man. Uh, you know, I get, a, I get a bed there. And at this point, I wasn't sure if I was going to stay. I still needed to fill it out. Um, but... Dude, they, the, the, the guy who owns it's from France, and he, he had like a fucking wine-tasting cheese party because I guess a bunch of French people live there now, and they say the cheese sucks, and now they're making their own cheese, and we had wine, and there was people there that spoke English, and I was like, all right, I can hang out here for a few days while the while the shit dies down, and then we went on a hike to a waterfall with 
Uh, I met this kid named Rahul from uh, London. Dude, a fucking, he had the British act. I mean, it was like hanging out with a dude out of a Guy Ritchie film, which I think about it now. I don't think I've ever hung out with somebody like that. I mean, I met people in passing, but never like got to hang out. Dude, he had the coolest like slang words for everything. It was, he was cracking me the fuck up. And uh, he's a musician as well, or he makes like, you know, techno music or I don't, I think he might be upset that I called it techno, but it, you know, it's digital music to some degree. Uh, grind or fuck, I don't know, Rahul. It's, it was some cool shit, but uh, hanging out with him, it was cool. It was like these people from all over the planet there, whether it was France, Israel, uh, Turkey, uh, London, Eng I mean, London, England. Uh, but, you know, hearing their perspective and like, uh, I, I, did, I thought I was going to like record a podcast there, like do a recap solo in the studio, but I just just kept getting intrigued with these conversations with people about, you know, almost philosophizing and hearing about what's going on back home or why they're there, or how long they've been traveling. You know, all these people have been traveling for a long time, it seems like. like at least months anyways. We're old, like went into the jungle with this fucking Amazonian tribe, went spear fishing and piranha fishing. Uh, uh, met this one girl, she'd like been on a, she's a farmer from uh, the Netherlands and she was like going and staying at these farms and like working with them just so she could learn what they do and get a place to stay and you know there was just a bunch of beautiful conversations and uh, the place was really cool. The place is called Casa Kayam, C-A-S-A-K-A-Y-A-M. Super rad spot. Guatapé was beautiful. Went on a hike to a waterfall. Swam in a frozen river. Not frozen, but it felt frozen. I ended up, they told me I could drink the tap water there. And sure enough, it wasn't long before I had the fucking runs, dude. I woke up feeling like shit, dude. The morning I decided to climb, it's like 700 stairs to the top of this rock. And I'm, I woke up twice that morning and shit before I even like woke up that morning. And, uh. Dude, I got to the top of the rock and I'm like fucking dying of sweat. My body's aching. I'm like, I got a water bottle filled with the water that I got from that place. And, and I hadn't quite figured out the money conversion. And I thought that I had pulled out $400 and spent $400 because I was like running out of money already. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just fucking blew a bunch of money. I, you know, and then I realized I only spent like, dude. So after staying at the hostel for three nights, uh, drinking beers, uh, having breakfast for four days, three nights, they charged me $45. $45. Forty five. I couldn't even fucking believe it. And I didn't spend $400. And I, I spent like $100 filling up my tank and uh, buying dinner and lunch and what else? I got some trinkets or some shit. I, you know, the money goes a long way here in Colombia. So from there, I, uh, you know, Saturday, Sunday go by, uh, the election results come in. They elect their first liberal president, uh, for the first time in like fucking 80 years or some shit. And, uh, you know, I don't know if anything crazy happened. I didn't pay attention that closely. I was so distracted with all the conversations, uh, with the people at this hostel. It was really a beautiful place. Uh, anyways, there was like a trail that you could hike to like overlook the town and the rock. And I kept asking them, can I take my bike up? And they're like, I don't know, I don't think so. And then I finally get out of one guy that, yeah, well, you can't take that bike, but we saw smaller bikes go up there. And I was like, yeah, all right. So the morning I left, I'm like, fuck it. I rode up that goddamn trail, took a picture of the city on my bike and then rode the fuck back down. Now, I don't know if I went exactly where they, we're hiking, but dude, I went on a crazy fucking dirt road. It was, uh, it's pretty rad. And the day that I rode to the rock, I actually, you know, I was feeling not good at all. I thought maybe a quick zip around would make me feel better before I stopped to climb the rock. And I found these dudes like out stunt riding their bikes, riding wheelies and shit. Uh, it was cool. It was really cool. And, uh, so the morning I left, which was yesterday morning, uh, I wanted to go to Medellin. <clears throat> and maybe get my bike serviced, maybe get a tire, uh, plug it in, get the computer reflashed. And 
Because sure enough, that fucking throttle, it's like, I don't know if it's getting worse or if I'm just getting more anxious about it, but, you know, I want to get that fixed so that I can really go fast. I mean, I go, it, it goes plenty fast. There's just no get up and go because I can't twist the throttle that fast, like that far. Um, so I was going to go to the dealership and, you know, also say hello, check in with some other people. I haven't seen a fucking Harley in this country yet. So I blast over to Medellin after that dirt road and sure enough, the fucking town is like shut down for, I don't know, some fucking holiday, I think. Dude, the restaurants are shut down. The Harley dealership shut down. I'm like, what the fuck? And I probably could have just like got a hostel or a hotel in Medellin and hung out and saw all the places. I mean, but I didn't. I just wanted to get the fuck out of the city. I don't know. I'm not much of a city guy when I'm traveling like this. So I hit up the bicycle dude. I'm like, did you make it on your climb up the mountain? He was going to Montezales and, uh, but it was like, fuck, he had to climb up to 12,000 foot. And uh, anyways, he tells me he's at this place called Hacienda Valencia, Valencia, and it's a sick little hostel on a coffee farm in Montezales. So I'm like, fucking sick, dude. So I jammed to Montezales. And now I'm in the, the Medellin Valley, which goes next to the, uh, oh, it's a different river. But I kept seeing on my map, like, warning of floods, danger and shit. So I take off out of Medellin. And Medellin, the road going into, oh, fucking, on the way to the dealership, I, like, find this tunnel I wanted to go through because it was, like, this long straight line on the map when every other line was wavy. Like, it'd be cool to go through a big tunnel. And I get to the tunnel, and there's a sign that says no bikes. And then I get to the pay booth at the beginning of the tunnel, and this cop pulls me over, and he, like, pretty much just shakes me down, dude. Uh, if it wasn't for me trying to call somebody from Columbia, it probably could have been worse, but... He ends up writing me a message after we bullshit for a while or he's trying to like get something out of me. I can't understand him. He says, all right, I'm going to give you your passport and paperwork back. And if you would like to tip me, that would be nice. So I'm like, fucking gave him 20 American dollars because I didn't have any Colombian money left. And I get out of there. And then I, he, he shows me a road that I can go down. It ended up being such a fucking sick road. Like just fucking turn after turn, nice blacktop, going downhill, descending into the Medellin city and it was so fucking sick and there was bikes out joyriding like dude I got fucking past like I was standing still by two dudes on like I mean I think one of them was a sport bike and the other one was a BMW GS1250 they were fucking on the in the middle lane like going so fucking fast into a blind turn around car I mean it was they were fucking nuts but it was so sick riding there uh, and the city was just fucking beautiful coming down. And I couldn't get a fucking photo of it. I still didn't get, not get any photo worth a fuck of Medellin uh, from that road, which, you know, oh, well. I thought I was going to go to the dealership, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'll get one leave, leaving or something. But I get to the dealership. It's shut down. So I'm like, fuck it. Like I said, I hit up Sean. He's in Manizales at a fucking hostel on a fucking coffee bean farm so i'm like that's where i'm going so i take off from there <clears throat> i put that shit in my map and it says something about like flood damage so i descend out of that valley or out of the out of the city which the city's <clears throat> you know up in altitude come down to the valley next to the river and i come up to this long line of fucking 18 wheelers and they were all like you know st st like stopped right and I get up and I just go ahead and get in the other lane and pass all of them, get to the front. And there's like a, you know, a dude holding a sign saying, stop. There's one way traffic coming the other way. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just wait, stop right here at the front of this line and be in the front when he says go. And then sure enough, like 10 motorcycles just fucking fly by me. And they all just, they don't give a fuck about the stop sign. They're going. So I'm like, fuck it. I get in line, dude. And we just start fucking rolling. And then we connect with this like, traffic going the other way we're in like the roads like all washed out in places there's dirt everywhere and we're just like getting in where we fit in just mobbing this area it was so fucking sick and then it got really tight to a pinch point and all the bikes like peeled off and decided to park on the side of the road and i'm like you know like i don't know if i'm gonna give up that quick and then sure enough somebody behind me on a v-strom comes up and He's like, you know, I can tell he's not, he's, he's going to find an opportunity and take it. And sure enough, he fucking did. And dude, me and him, so this, this stretch of highway, there was probably like 
six or seven, maybe more, where they, the highway was shut down, one-way traffic going, going or coming, you know, taking turns. And each section was like a mile or two long of just like fucked up road. And dude, we were fucking rolling through this shit. It was probably the, some of the most intense riding I've done. It was like we were fucking racing. And since I can't like, I can't just get on the throttle. Like I got to keep my momentum up to stay up to speed with this dude. And oh my God, it was so much fucking fun. Just like zipping by the traffic, going the opposite direction, tight spaces, fucking dirt, gravel, fucking like where the river was you know, there was water still flowing over the road where the road was just fucking missing in places. Oh, dude, it was so fucking sick. And then finally, uh, <clears throat> get up here to Montezalos. I go to the city center. I find an ATM. I pull out some more cash. Uh, I see a bunch of fucking strippers and prostitutes, and I find this place where he's staying at. And, dude, this road coming into Montezalos is like, dude, dude, it's just so sick, twisty. And this one was like, had it was separated by a median each side had two lanes and it was dude fucking tight turns dude and there was people out joyriding dude and we're like laying them low on both sides just oh my gosh it was so fucking sick dude anyways you take that road up to Montezalas I figure out where he's at and I have to go right back down that road turn around at the bottom and then come back up halfway so that I can turn off to go down to this valley and sure enough, dude, I just descend into this fucking coffee bean farm on this fucking two-track road. Some of it's just dirt and gravel. Some of it's got concrete, like just like two strips of concrete for like car tires. Uh, there's coffee plants on either fucking side of me. Like at one point, these dudes just jumped out of the bushes smiling with like sacks hanging from their hip. They've been picking coffee beans. I'm like, no fucking way, man. Uh, anyways, the hostel, I find the spot. It's like at this big, big, like, I could have gotten a room at the mansion for like, you know, like $100 or something. I think I could have got the mansion for $300. Like, the, I mean, I'll, I'll, put, I'll go take some photos of it here in a minute, but the hostel's like 10 fucking dollars, and it's, it's just insane. It's so insane. Fucking Sean's here. He went on like a coffee tour yesterday of the whole place. Um, we made, they had dough ready for us to make our own pizzas with a pizza oven. We like, I mean, it's, I can't even, every day it's like something amazing happens. And I apologize for not putting out more podcasts or doing more recaps. I've just been like, you know, really taking it in. It seems like if I'm not on my bike, I'm trying to communicate with somebody who doesn't speak my language or I'm communicating with somebody from the other side of the planet and learning so much. And, uh, you know, I know, Lichter, this is exactly what you wanted, right? You wanted me to go communicate with people. I thought you were talking about specifically the locals, but now I know that you're talking about anybody and everybody from other places to learn more about this planet. And it's crazy. One thing that I know, or one thing that I've been witnessing and seeing is like, everybody's going through similar shit in other places. Uh, but we're all being affected by the same things differently to some extent. Uh, and we're all, you know, trying to work our way through this impossibility of countless information and stories coming from every direction, wrong, right, indifferent, not really having like a, a solid base, like level playing ground or like a solid base of information that we do believe or that we do trust in, you know, like the election here in Colombia, uh, you know, they had a, a fucking crazy dude who wasn't part of the system, you know, kind of like Trump, who was a wealthy businessman running against some fucking liberal dude uh, who is like promising shit that is not really ever going to happen. That he, you know, that can't, you know, running on lies, which the other guy was running on lies as well. And I mean, it's just so similar to what's happening back home talking to some girls from the Netherlands last night here at the coffee farm. They're like, you know, talking about how the children over there are so out of touch with like communicating uh, face to face because of so much time spent on the phone. I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's like, you know, and then at the hostel in, in Casa Cayum and Guatapé, dude, all the different people from the different nationalities, like it was the running joke. Like I'm not, I don't want to be stereotyped 
typical, but like everybody was having showing the blatant traits that you would imagine. Like the British wanted fucking tea, the French were smoking and being all French and making cheese. And oh, dude, it was uh, it was interesting. You know, and I met a kid from uh, Ukraine who had gotten out, left his family. They all felt terrible about it, uh, but also just didn't want to die for you know something he wasn't really familiar with. Like you know, wasn't you know he was having a tough time with it. You know, but. Getting to hear his perspective was interesting. I talked to another guy who's got a bunch of family in Ukraine, but he lives in Germany. And he was like, dude, fucking Ukraine has been doing fucking sketchy shit. Kiev is like the, the fucking center point for like everything from weird oil shit to fucking human trafficking and drugs. Uh, you know, if that was at my border, you know, he didn't want to like give Putin a pass, but like, you know, you got to address that shit when it's happening at your fence, you know? And it's just like hearing these different perspectives from all over the planet. It's, uh, you know, I just didn't see that happening. Uh, and, you know, staying at hostels. I've heard about hostels since I was young, but, you know, experiencing it is uh, it's just out of this world. It's, it's just out of this world. Um, I'm going to go explore this coffee farm and uh, post this podcast get some pictures out there for you and uh man i can't thank everybody enough go sign up for mc shop t so you do not miss another uh t-shirt dude and i want to give a special shout out to my man randall motherfucking wiley i know you've been waiting on a podcast you i know you've been wanting to hear it i know a lot of people have been wanting to hear something and i do apologize for like being out of touch the computer thing really threw me off i've recorded multiple podcasts i just don't have a way of you know, getting them uploaded right now. So this one I'm actually recording on an iPad and, you know, I'm, I'm running out of time. Like I got to wrap it up because I, the projects can only be so long and I'm getting to that point. And, uh, man, I love you guys so much. DangerDanceTalkShop.com. Make sure you sign up for Chopper's Magazine. I got a new article coming out, Kickstart Mike's Dream Trip. And we got some other big things in the work. Hope to see you later down the road.